0: it right, looks like you just lost Costa for a second. Um well we'll get started once Costa gets back. Um and then we'll obviously cut this part out of the interview when uh when we re-upload it.
1: All right. Sorry, guys, about that. I'm having some connection issues, but hopefully I'm good now. All right. Well, welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Bull Take Scouting Podcast. And we are joined today by our, by our special guest, current Liberty offensive lineman and 2024 NFL draft prospect, Xavier
2: Gablin. How are you doing today, man? I'm great, man. I'm doing good. It's good to be here.
0: Awesome. We're glad to have you on. Uh, the first question that we like to ask every uh, prospect that we have on is, When did you start playing football and what made you fall in love with the game?
2: I started playing football when I was probably five, playing flag. uh, Moved on to tackle football pretty quickly uh, when I was in Waco. You know, the league that I was playing in, like, you couldn't play with your age group if you weighed a certain weight, like, above them. So I was always playing with older kids because I was always bigger than all the kids my own age. But... So that's when I really when I started playing, I don't know when I fell in love with it, but it was probably sometime around middle school whenever things started to matter a little bit more. You know, you you get in the district and you start to win district championships and football starts to get a little bit more important because it's like, oh, we're competing for something now. And then you move into high school and not only is it district championship, it's now going state playoffs and things like that. So it's probably around that time where I really started to fall in love with the game and understand what it could do for me.
0: And do you have a favorite memory from your football career so far, whether that's high school, college, maybe even youth football? Yeah.
2: I've got a bunch. It, it would depend on what era you really want to hear about, to be honest.
0: Let's, uh, why don't you give us one from each?
2: Let's see. Favorite moment from youth football is scoring my first touchdown when I was probably like twelve. It was a defensive touchdown, which is kind of wild when you think about it, because I've been an offensive guy for most of my entire life. Um, Middle school, we won a district championship. That was really fun. When I was in high school, we broke kind of what we called a school curse, which was not getting past the second round for, like, years. And we got to the third round my senior year, which was really, really fun. Um, Playing at the Myrtle Beach Bowl in Tulsa its probably one of my most fun moments when I was there. And then when I got here, beating BYU and Arkansas in, like, back-to-back playing weeks was top tier so far, only to be, you know, taken over by hopefully a conference championship this year.
0: like the sound of that. I like the sound of that.
1: Real solid answers, Um, man. So
0: let's retrace your journey uh, to Liberty a little bit. So – You transferred to Liberty after playing at Tulsa. Um, Why did you initially choose
2: Tulsa over a handful of other schools that you had offers to? Yeah. um, So when I was coming out of high school, I was getting recruited mostly mid-major. Had one power five offer to go to Virginia. That came closer to signing day, um, more like when I was in the middle of my senior year. But for me, Tulsa was like a really good fit. Um, It was close to home. They were really competitive um, and they had a really good program up to that point. And I, I felt really good about Coach, uh, coach Blessing, Coach Montgomery, uh, you know, the coach that recruited me over there. I, academically, it was small class sizes, not the biggest school, had my major, I ones to study. And I really just felt like I was, that was the best fit for me at the time. So, excuse me. So that was really the main thing that really, that took me to Tulsa.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what went into progressing so quickly at Tulsa? You know, you started off as a redshirt, and then you were starting regularly as a sophomore. So that was pretty impressive. And just what went into being able to make that jump?
2: Yeah, um, I was blessed early on that Coach Bush told me I was going to redshirt. But in being there over the summer and in camp, I got to travel with the team my my true freshman year, which was good to see, you know, how the team operates, how we travel, you know being able to get that kind of experience is invaluable as a freshman, because not everybody in your class is getting that. Um, so I was blessed to be able to do that. And then also with the guys that were in front of me and the guys we had in the room, I knew I wasn't going to play my first year, but the year, but the next spring, I essentially became the starter on um, at right tackle. And, you know, that was, I think that might've been the plan early on. I can't remember to be honest, um, but once I got the I got the starting job at right tackle in the spring, had to you know earn my stripes a little bit, take my lumps a little bit. We had guys that were really really good on the defensive line. Travis Gibson is one of them who quite literally kicked my butt every day. Um, he's playing with the Chicago Bears now as he should be. Um, but you know it was just that kind of maturation period that that didn't stop there. Um, you know I was seeing those guys all spring and then all fall. You know we did defense or drills against the defense. So that was really the the biggest thing that helped is just the competition I was going against every single day was something else preparing me to go in the games.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a makes a lot of sense. And, you know, after that, you chose to opt out of the 2020 season. And that's something that was a really hot topic, as particularly in the NFL. We saw a good amount of players end up making that decision. So why did you decide
2: to go that route? For me, it ultimately came down to the fact that I knew that I could not be 100% focused on the season Mm -hmm. because I was always worried about, is this the day that I'm going to get sick? Um, And I knew that if I was going to be thinking about that, then I couldn't commit what I needed to, to the season. And then ultimately it wasn't going to be productive for me or for the team. Cause you don't want anybody who's half in half out. Um, Even with everybody being as concerned as we were about COVID, you know, if you were going to play that year, you kind of had to take, the consideration that, hey, I'm probably gonna get sick and I'm just gonna have to deal with that. And that just wasn't the place that I was at at the time. Um, so I made the decision to opt out and it sucked for a couple reasons. One is like 60% of my relationships that I had on campus were through football. And it's not the same of being injured where you can still go to meetings, practice, workouts, travel, all that kind of stuff. I didn't do anything with the team that year. And in the midst of not doing anything with the team, the team went on to have the most successful year that they had had since I've been at Tulsa. I mean, we routed off six straight wins in conference, um, two big games, one in overtime and one in double overtime. Um, Guys are having their biggest years. We go to a conference championship and and get to play for that and then go to a bowl game that I had, I hadn't been to a bowl game since I've been in college. So it was rough to kind of see that much success happen when I was away. Because I felt like, wow, I've been here for two years, and then the year I don't want to play, y'all just all right, all right. Now we're gonna to go to conference championship. So, no, that part of it wasn't fun, but it made me understand and appreciate the game that much more because I knew that I still wanted to play and I knew that I could still contribute. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it sounded like a tough decision, and obviously, a lot of different factors went into it. You mentioned that you couldn't do anything else with the team. So what was your routine like trying to stay in
2: football shape so you're ready for, you know, the next season? So when I was away, luckily for me, we were an afternoon practice team. So in the mornings, nobody's using the football field. And also, luckily for me, Tulsa didn't always lock the stadium. Um, So I could get up there. At 6 a.m. and just run on my own, even though guys were coming in and out of the locker room and stuff like that, I can get up there and run on my own because I'm not around anybody. And it's early enough in the morning to where like nobody's up, like only athletes are up at that point in time. Um, I also got really lucky and blessed that the guy that I was living with at the time was from Tulsa. And not only was he from Tulsa, but he had a weight set in his garage because I knew that if I was gonna opt out and then just have to go work out in like a public gym, I might as well just play football anyway, because at that point I'm just taking the same risk. So I got really lucky that one, that my roommate at the time had a weight set and his parents let me go work out in their garage, so super thankful to them. Um, so yeah, that was it. I would wake up in the morning and go run or lift or run and lift, depending on what my day was like, come back, have class. I was dating a girl at the time, so like we would hang out because she was working in the medical field, but she would be able to, like, be safe enough to, like, hang around me. And knowing that I wasn't around anybody else made it a little easier, too. Um, but other than that, I was just a straight-up student who just happened to be on the football team technically but just wasn't around him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounded like a, it was a crazy time for everybody, but especially for you, you know, making that transition from from football to student. And then you made the transition back to football uh, the following year. You know, you end up playing another season, Uh, And during that time, you got to play with guys like Tyler Smith and Chris Paul, who both ended up, you know, going to the NFL. Tyler Smith became a first round draft pick. How important was that to you and your development to be able to play alongside those guys?
2: Oh, it was great. And it was super important. I mean, those are guys that having both of them on the team at one time is something that people can only hope for. Um, especially when you think about the difference in class that they were. I mean, CP had been there since 17, I think it was. Tyler got there in 2019. Um, But they were both just super-duper talented. Tyler is just – Tyler could move a house. Tyler could pick up a house and move it if he wanted to and quite literally like does that on the football field all the time. Just his raw power and strength and his hands are just like huge mitts that once he gets them on, you just – it's pretty much over with at that point. Um, And then CP is entirely too athletic to be 6'6 and like 330 pounds. It doesn't make sense at all. That guy, I mean, he ran a 4.89 at the combine, which was the fastest among maybe all the line or maybe just D5. I can't remember. But still, running a 4.89 at that size just doesn't make sense You know, I credit those guys for setting the setting the example of what it meant to be a really, really good college player, but also be a really, really good professional player. I mean, Tyler came in immediately and had a really big impact on the Cowboys team that made it to the playoffs. And Chris Paul didn't play a lot, but his role was growing. So, I mean, it's just the idea that I got to see both of those guys in college and now get to stay connected to them as friends and, you know, hopefully future teammates. If that's how it works out, it's just something that I'm really grateful for.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's super cool that you got to have their help along the way. And so at that point, after the 2021 season, you decided that it was time to enter the transfer portal and enter the next step of your football journey. So can you take us through first deciding why it was time to end your career at Tulsa and then why you decided to go specifically to Liberty?
2: Yeah. Um, So my freshman year at Tulsa, the university rolled out a program called True Commitment um you know there had been some things happening financially that just weren't going well for a while before i got there and it came to a point to where the university decided to cut a lot of programs in order to save the accreditation of the university or else like the university of Tulsa might not have existed um so it's a really difficult decision on a bunch of people's parts um but one of the programs that ended up getting cut was the masters in history which is something i knew i wanted to study um, it didn't really matter much when I was a freshman because I'm, I'm not getting my masters right now. Like I can just focus on my undergrad. But then as I got to like right before my senior season, I had to think about like, Hey, there's, if, if this degree isn't here anymore, like, is there anything else I want to do and study here? Because I didn't want to have to leave. I never wanted to leave. So I wanted to stay there for all six years and be able to play for coach Montgomery. And, you know, for all the guys that were there and coach EA and his strength staff and all that kind of stuff. I didn't want to have to leave. Um, But for me, I understood how important my education was to me and for the future goals I had. And with not having that degree plan there, ultimately, I was like, I mean, I'm going to have to go somewhere else to go get my degree. So that was the primary reason for me leaving. Um, And in making the transition to Liberty, I tell people all the time, I can't tell you what it was that got me here. I just know that this is where I was supposed to be. Like I tell people all the time the story of when I was visiting uh, North Texas. And it's 45 minutes from my house. So one of my best friends in high school went to North Texas. We played football together, but he was just a student there at the time. Um, and while we were there, I was hanging out with him. And we were going over the, the schedules. Of different. And we were talking about different colleges that I was going to. Talked about Liberty and like, went to Liberty's schedule. And was like, yeah. Um, we're talking about it. I was like, yeah, we got BYU this day. And then on November 5th, we'll play Arkansas. And I had to stop for a second and, like, did I just say we? And it was around that time I was <laughs> like, okay, this, this might be moving in one direction. So uh, at that point, started to settle in that that was probably where I was going. I still had a couple of visits to take of places that I really, really wanted to go to um, and was excited about. But ultimately, once, I, once some doors closed, um, it kind of became the thing of, yeah, this is, this is where I'm settling on. And I remember texting my dad and telling him, I'm certain I'm going to Liberty. And then I texted him again. It was like, eh, certain's not really the right word. I'm settled. Because it wasn't certain about, is this what it's supposed to be? It was, I can settle on the fact that I'm going to go here and be content and feel like I'm this is where I'm supposed to be. And like whatever happens when I'm there is what's supposed to happen. And ultimately, it was the best decision for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's worked out so far. You had a really good year last year.
1: the team had a pretty promising season and now there's a really exciting head coach hire with jamie chadwell coming over from coastal carolina so take us through you know how it was the first year and how
2: you're excited for the the upcoming season i'm very excited for this season um coach chadwell i can see why they were so successful at coastal Mm -hmm. um because of the way he runs his program he's very he's very player focused he's he's very relationship oriented And he demands the best out of his players. But that's also because you're going to get the best out of him and his staff. Um, I tell people all the time that I haven't seen a staff that loves to be around each other this much, Um, specifically the weight room staff. I mean, those guys, they could be doing any other job. And as long as they were doing it with each other, they would probably still have the same amount of fun that they're having right now. Um, it's just, and it's infectious awesome. because then it becomes something that we feed off of and because we see them working well together, we want to work well with them and then work well within each other. Um, so, I mean, I'm very excited about what this year holds. It's our first year in a conference, looking to be conference championship and, you know, we put the pieces together and we have the year that we're supposed to have. I'm th- I think we can get it done.
0: Yeah. I mean, those sound like some great goals. Um, now I want to just kind of dive into your tape a little bit. What, in your opinion, are your biggest strengths on the football field?
2: I think my biggest strength is my ability to play multiple positions. It's something I've been blessed to do since I was Uh in high school. I can remember being in high school and playing, like, everything but center in a game, um, which doesn't always happen. And then, you know, getting to college and being blessed with coaches who were really big on cross-training. My last two years there – Excuse me. My first two years at Tulsa I played primarily right tackle. Um filled in at some left whenever we needed some help or things like that, but it was primarily right. And then my last two years there I was playing guard and center. Um I mean, you having Chris Paul and Tyler Smith at the two tackle spots kind of allows you to do that. Um mm-hmm. uh, but I was playing some guard and center and it really helped me a lot to just widen the range of positions that I could play. And by the time I left Tulsa, I had played everything except for left tackle in a game with actual game rep, live game reps. And then coming to Liberty and, you know, having that same kind of mindset, I knew that it was it wasn't necessarily about where I was going to play. It was more of like I will play wherever, where it was best for the team. I'll figure that out and we'll, you know, what I'm saying we'll get to it. So I got I got blessed to play right tackle, started right tackle, and then moved to left guard in pretty much every game we played in. Um, Had a game where I played left tackle primarily. I started at left tackle because we had a left tackle go down. And now I'm looking to play left tackle again this year where we're slotted um, position-wise and things like that. So really excited about that. I feel like that's really my biggest strength is just the ability to play pretty much every position on the line.
0: Yeah, I mean, versatility is is something that any team looks for. uh, And it will definitely – benefit you uh, as, you know, you look to move on to the next level next year. Um, but all great players know that there's always some things that, to work on. Uh, so what are some things that you're looking to work on uh, this off season and, you know, going into next season?
2: I'm sorry. I had a fly on my arm and I did not like it. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me this season – Looking at all the goals I have and all the things in front of me, I have to be a more dominant player than I have been. And that's kind of the mark of a really, really good offensive lineman. I mean, talking about the two guys we were talking about earlier, Tyler was a very dominant offensive lineman. There weren't a lot of guys who were A, beating him, um, or B, even getting close, to be honest. I mean, that was a guy who was shutting things down early, moving guys in the run game. And I feel like for me, that's where my next step lies primarily because now that I know I can play all five positions, it's now how good can you play those five positions? How good can how much better can you be than the guys that you're going against? Um, So for me, I feel like that's my biggest thing is just getting to the point to where I'm a dominant offensive lineman. And then at, at that point, a lot of things will. How do I say this? At that point, the, the film starts to speak more for itself than it already has. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, as you're working to improve and become more dom- dominant ahead of your final season of college play, there is also around the corner potentially entering the NFL draft process. And we know that your name has gained a lot of steam in NFL draft circles because senior bowl director uh, Jim Nagy has pointed out that you're in the conversation to be the most talented group of five offensive linemen, which is really high praise. So, how high would how much would you say that the NFL is on your mind
2: right now? NFL is very present on my mind. Um it's something that as I've gone throughout the summer, the idea that I could actually play in the NFL has become much 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 more tangible. Mm-hmm. Um and for a while, I didn't think that was the case. I mean, to be honest, at the end of the season, I didn't think I could like be drafted to be honest with you and more often, more so because I'm my own worst critic and I understand, and like the things that I don't do well, like are difficult, not that are difficult, but like, you know, teams are looking to, to, to ding you on anything, you know, try when going throughout the draft process. So for me, I didn't think I was going to be drafted. Um, So when seeing, you know, different grades and, you know, getting attention from people like Jim Nagy, not that it's bolstered me too much, because I try to remain as humble as possible, understanding that I still have an entire season to play um, and things can go knock on wood, they don't, but things can go completely left. Um, so I think for me, the biggest thing is just, it, it's, it's become much more tangible in going throughout the summer and and now, not that I'm playing for that, but it's definitely something that if I handle business the way I should this year, it becomes even more of a reality yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, as you seek to
1: make that a reality, are there a couple players in the NFL that you kind of model your game after?
2: I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm a O line play all across the board. Mm-hmm. But when, when, in saying that I'm a fan of O line play, it's like I just like watching offensive lines play with each other and, and play well together. I think because that's that's just what the crux of the unit is. Is just the ability to take five guys, put them on the same page, and then go out and execute a play. I mean, we're half of the offense. So if one of us is wrong, then like it's hard for anybody to be on the same page. And I think for me, not necessarily studying or modeling my game after one specific person, but just understanding how offensive lines works together as a unit. And I've just really become a big fan of that.
0: What is your favorite part
2: about playing offensive line? Two things. One, it's just the simple fact of moving somebody from one place to another. When, they're, when they're doing everything in their power to, like, not have that happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And those blocks are really fun whenever the running back or somebody runs right by you. Because I've had a couple of those plays where you move a guy from one place to another, running back runs right by you, and you're like, yeah, that was kind (laughs) of me. But the other part is when defenses are throwing everything they can at you and nothing works for them. Like, when, when offensive lines are really, really good, not only are they in good chemistry with each other, but it becomes something where it doesn't matter what blitz shows up. We're going to pick it up and we're going to throw this ball to whoever we want to throw this ball to. Um, and we're going to run the ball and you can you can run a blitz to wherever we're running it to. But I we see safeties rolling down and linebackers moving all over the place. We're going to call it out. We're going to pick it up. And then we're just going to go get 10 yards and move on. Um, I think that's that's the that's the really the most exciting part about football for me is just getting into such a rhythm where anything you call works and anything they call doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And that's that's a really good answer. And, you know, it's usually what we get from offensive linemen. Now, you know, we've talked a lot about you as a player. Is there anything that you want to tell our audience, be it NFL teams or fans about you as a person?
2: Um, I do so much stuff outside of football. It's crazy. Um, when I was in high school, I was in band and STUCO, which is like student council, student government. Um, for the last like three years, I've been participating in theater, which has been really, really fun. Um, I'm a music head. People ask me all the time, what's my favorite kind of music? I tell them I really couldn't tell you. But what I have started saying more often is that I could probably walk into a room, see who's in there, and then make a playlist for that room that everybody would like. Yeah. Um, I can cook. Well, I might add, um, yeah, that's probably it.
1: Why is it so important to you to cultivate all those interests? And then also on top of that, you know, try really hard in the classroom on top of on the football field.
2: Cultivating those interests was always important to me. Um, more so because I had the opportunity to do it whenever I was in middle school and then in high school. And then as I got into college and started to understand the identity crisis that athletes can go through, you know, while in their career and especially at the end of their career, excuse me, it became even more important for me to cultivate interest outside of sports because they always they always say that the ball goes flat for everybody and it's how you maneuver out of sports that will, that can determine the rest of your life. And for me, it's always been important to have an identity outside of sports because when people don't, when the sport is taken away from you you know, it becomes really hard to do anything else. Not as hard as when, like, you know, all right, I got to step away. You know, I'm not going to the next level. Or maybe you are at the next level. And it's like, all right, it's time to retire and put it down. But, like, when guys get injured or guys get cut or get waived and don't get picked up, and then it's like you put so much into this, which not to say that that's a bad thing. Chase your dreams as as, as passionately as you can. But – Don't do it to such a detriment to everything else around you, because then when the game is taken away from you, it's hard to maneuver and pivot out of that because you have so much more life ahead of you. Even guys who get to the NFL, the average NFL career is three years. And even if you take a guy like me who's been in college for six years, three years after, like I'm going to be 24 in September, three years after that is 27, I have so much more life ahead of me to live And if the only thing I've ever put anything into is football, like in playing football, it's hard to find something else to do outside of that. So for me, it's always just been important to have identity out of that.
0: Yeah. And a part of your identity um, is your education. Like you mentioned, you've been in school for six years. You mentioned earlier, you know, you wanted that master's in history. And that was part of the reason why you've made the transition to Liberty. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that and,
2: why the masters in history was so important to you. So I've been blessed to know what I've wanted to do since I was in eighth grade, which is teaching coach. Um, That's my calling. That's where I know God is leading me to after I finish college. Uh, And actually that was a, that was the crux of the reason that I left, which is what we talked about. But also it was just the idea of understanding that God will take care of what happens at the end of my career. And like, further into my coaching career. Cause I've always wanted to be an athletic director of a school district mm. and was debating if I was going to stay at Tulsa to get like a business administration or sports administration degree, or just go get this history masters which was what I really wanted to do. And I can remember, you know, just being at church one day or, or watching church at home when we were still at home and just understanding, like, I think God is telling me like he would take care of that. And just to just go do what he was telling me to do now. Um, but for me, history has always been important because it was my favorite subject in high school. I mean, in school, period, because I had great history teachers, people who made history not boring. A lot of people always say history is boring. And my first response is like, you probably had bad history teachers. Because yeah. um, for me, history is super exciting. It's it's fun to learn about things that people used to do and how they affect us now. So for me in you know going throughout my process and talking to people who had gotten you know secondary degrees and postgraduate degrees and stuff like that they always said that if you're going to go get a master's you need to do it in something that you're passionate in because it's hard to find the motivation to go get a postgraduate degree for something that you genuinely just don't care about like that's not what you want to do if you're going to go do this you got to do it in something that you're passionate in so that was really the thing for me for choosing history and choosing the masters
0: yeah. What, are, I, go ahead. what is your favorite uh, part of history to study and learn?
2: There's a time period from when people first landed in America to like 1877. That's my all time favorite. And not just the United States, but also like Southern America, too, because I've been doing a lot of research on Haiti and the Haitian Revolution because that's wild. Um, or it's just a wild thing that happened in everything that came out of it stuff like that and you also don't understand how interconnected the world is and honestly i can get into this field if you want me to but i could also move on like it, it doesn't it. have to all right cool so do you remember this, this is going to test your education not your education right. but like your memory a little bit do you remember like learning about the louisiana purchase yes 15 million yeah so the louisiana purchase only happened because people in haiti Succeeded in revolting against France. Yeah, that's right. Because Napoleon Napoleon had landed America, but then went to go try to stomp out the revolution in Haiti. Lost, lost so much money that it no longer became like reasonable to hold all the land in America he was holding. Sold it to America for cheap because he was just trying to get some money to cover the expenses of the war. And now America doubles in land size. Like the world is so interconnected, and people may not understand how connected it was because the internet wasn't necessarily a thing for everybody's life but the world was so crazy connected that like so many things are are causes for other things like revolutions spark other revolutions people having to sell land because they can't afford to have it anymore and then you know we get everything that we have and so for me that that part of history has always been really exciting also like that part of history also includes slavery history, which has also been really interesting and important for me to learn because it's just the history of the people who who look like me and from where I come from. So it's just, that part of you is also really interesting to learn about. Yeah, that's that's super cool to hear about. And
1: it's definitely so important to cultivate all those interests. So thanks for taking some of that time to talk to us about all of those other passions you have outside of football. And we like to leave off on an inspirational note, and you've already inspired a lot of people, people I'm sure, in this interview, but What is that single piece of advice that you've received at some point in your life, be it in football or outside of football, from really anyone? It could be a coach. It could be a a teammate, a parent, anyone else.
2: My dad told me at a very young age that it's not what you know, it's who you know. And then I can remember watching the I Am Athlete podcast and Fred Taylor added on to it. It's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know and who knows you um so the biggest i mean if you want to call it inspiration i could say it's just build good relationships with the people around you Mm -hmm. because you never know what rooms your name can be in before you even get there i mean jim Nagy tweeting about me when i've never even met the man Mm -hmm. is i mean it's a testament to maybe my on-field achievements but also like who could have talked to him about me before he even knew what my film was? Who could have put my name in his ear that I was good to or that, you know, had a good experience with me? And even outside of football, the, the coaching world is so connected, the the job world is so connected that you never know who you're gonna run into that has heard something about you. And to even take it from being, you know, individually beneficial, you never know whose life that you can impact by just the idea of having a good relationship with him. I mean, I've been able to help many of my friends by just being an ear to listen to because, you know, we've had that kind of relationship. So, I mean, for me, that's just, that's the biggest piece of, of advice or inspiration I could give is just build good relationships with people around you. Because when you do that, not only can you be successful, but more importantly, you can help other people be.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's great advice. And I think you've given some great advice throughout the entire podcast. Uh, we really appreciate having you on. Wish you luck. You know, this ne- next upcoming season, your future potentially in the NFL, and then your future beyond football. Uh, we know you're going to do great things. Um, so we really appreciate, appreciate having you on. I
2: appreciate you guys, man. This was fun. Yeah, this was a blast. Yeah. Man.
0: Thank you. Good luck with everything.
2: Thank you sir. Flames.
0: All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another episode soon.